Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And a very warm welcome to another episode of the Lizelle Wellbeing Show. Now, I have just had the real pleasure of being joined here in my studios by my old friend, Andrea McLean. She is an award-winning TV broadcaster, journalist and radio presenter who has glittered on our TV screens as a host of Loose Women for over a decade. She was last here, actually, on the Liz Wellbeing Show at the end of 2018 when we had a chat about her fantastic tell-all book, Confessions of a Menopausal Woman. And today we are talking about her latest release, This Girl is on Fire, which she hopes will, quote, empower women to live, learn and thrive in a life they love. Now, we have just had a fascinating chat about her gruelling experience, oh my goodness, with the SAS on our television screens. She endured kidnapping, interrogation and even jumped out of a helicopter backwards into freezing water. And this extreme experience actually triggered a catastrophic breakdown on her return home. Well, she shares really openly how she put the pieces back together how she emerged stronger and learnt more about herself along the way. And don't forget, if you would like to watch our chat, you can now find the full video podcasts over on the Liz Wellbeing YouTube channel. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Andrea, it's so lovely to have you back here. So nice to be back. Oh, although we are distant. I know, we're we are being safe. Be, we are, we are yeah, being a bit distant. We're being good. But I remember talking to you before and we had such great chats about menopause and life and times and your career and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of maybe got out of the loop a bit and I was really shocked, I have to say, when I read your amazing book, This Girl Is On Fire, which is just about to come out. The honesty of it and what you talk about in terms of your, I mean, catastrophic breakdown, Mm. essentially after filming with the SAS, which was obviously super extreme. I remember seeing your pictures actually on social media, on on Instagram and thinking, wow, I don't know how she she did it. And of course you did do it, but at an amazing Mm. cost. What happened? Um, It's it's so interesting. I think, first of all, uh, people sort of think, you, you had a breakdown? But you're so smiley and you're so, yeah, and positive. you know, I never, uh, I missed a couple of weeks of work. I took some time off work, literally a few weeks. And so people would think, yeah, but you didn't really, did you? How, how could you manage to function? And what I would say to that is just because someone is smiling and staying professional and turning up every day and still knocking it out the park, it doesn't mean there's not a whole lot of stuff going on behind the eyes and and, you know so that's the sort of the sort of first thing going back to the SAS um why did I do that in the first place I did it because I was 49 and I knew I'd be the oldest person to take part in it if anyone's ever watched it basically it's people in their 20s and 30s who are really fit most of them are like personal trainers or at least they go to the gym a lot and this sort of thing and uh, I knew I would be nowhere near as strong as them. But I thought, 
I'm probably going to be one of the oldest. What I didn't realize was at the time I was the oldest person ever to take part. And I was also the oldest woman to ever take part. Um, but what I, what I said to myself was, I'm not competing with them. I'm just going to have my own experience. Yes. So that released a whole lot of, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, there's no point competing with someone who's clearly going to beat you physically. But mentally, mm -hmm. I was curious to see how far I could go. Mm. Because I'm a quite robust person. And I do have a kind of, oh, well, pull your socks up and get on with it kind of attitude. Yeah. But how far can I go when someone else is calling the shots? And what I found was not that far. <laughs> <laughs> so where did they take you and what did you start doing? Okay, so basically I turned it down three times. And so the time was getting shorter and shorter between, you know, uh, saying yes and then leaving. So really it was about 10 days when I finally said yes. Then they didn't tell us where we were going. We turned up at the airport and uh, they said, look, we're going to take all your stuff off you anyway and give you any clothing that you need. So just turn up at the airport. But by logic and looking at the last show, I thought, I bet they're going to take us somewhere cold. And it was, mm. it was the Andes Mountains in Chile, which meant that we were dealing with altitude. We were also dealing with, uh, in, I mean, to the bones cold. Funny enough, the series after that was in Scotland. I swear Scotland's probably colder than the Andes <laughs> in, in Chile. I, I know this, you know, and that's proper to the bone cold. So they flew us there. We had a few days to sort of bed in with altitude sickness and this sort of stuff. But then... You're on edge the whole time because you know you're going to be kidnapped. Oh which my sounds, goodness! Uh, it, that would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and we're all constantly sort of like this. So is that what happens? They they kidnap you, and then you have to what escape or be rescued? How does it work? No, um, I mean when it actually happened, we all felt a bit sheepish because we'd totally forgotten that if they're going to do it, they have to put microphones on you. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just going to you know they're not suddenly uh, going to just you know do the same. So uh -huh. we were we were taken to this abandoned motel that looked like something out of a cheesy horror movie and basically it was oh. lots of chalet bungalows around this lake but no one was staying there and so there were hardly any lights on and they put us in these individual bungalows oh, and just nightmare. said right we will come and get you in the morning and then you know but they don't tell you when I went. and I just thought it's gonna be tonight mm. I bet it's tonight mm. so I went around funny enough this is old GMTV reporter days <laughs> You, you'd have to stay in some pretty shocking places. So yeah, I was we quite, have been there. Yeah, I was quite used to, right, you put your bags down, you check every window, mm -hmm. and sure enough, there was a few that were unlocked, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Ooh. I wonder if they've left them unlocked so they can break in. So I so you locked them every window. I got myself into into a little uh, a room, wedged a chair under the door, checked all my windows there, and slept in my clothes, ready, just ready. in case. But I think, again, because of old... De yeah. uh, tech, uh, breakfast television reporting days. Once I knew I was safe, I actually had not a bad night's sleep. It was, it was, it was. <laughs> did cold, you have your but... HRT with you? We were yes, to take they that. let me take my HRT. Oh, good. I, I was going to say them. otherwise. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have slept if I had. Well, I'd have been that. warm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been warm. But also, you know, I'd have been raging. Maybe it would have been a good idea not, not to have it. But it didn't actually happen then. They they woke us up the next uh, day, um, gave us some breakfast, drove us out to the middle of nowhere. And then oh. they said, right, get out. And then we saw the crew. And then we okay. realised. And then you feel really stupid because you've wasted three nights sleep. Yeah, worrying about <laughs> it. Worrying about it. And then this is all sort of documented in the, in the book. But what then happened was we have a black cotton bag pulled over our head. Mm. And you're told to get into the bottom of like a, one of these long, thin boats that you see in, in mm. sort of South America and Thailand and this sort of thing with an outboard motor. You, we sat on the floor and we were told to just keep still. And then we heard another boat come and we could feel it move a bit. And you could sense that, okay, right, the SAS guys are on the boat. And then it took off, but you don't really know what's happening. So, again, my telly brain was clicking in. I thought, I bet, mm. I bet they're filming the opening sequence now. So I was quite relaxed. And right. I could hear a drone. I thought, okay, they're filming. Yes. Okay. They're, they're probably standing on the front. Okay, I'm quite chilled. Nothing's going to happen. Mm. And so I was telling myself, when it happens, I'm going to be all right because I'm yeah. going to... TV show. I've been doing yeah. this for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's just telly. That it's... didn't happen at all. Literally, <laughs> as soon as the boat kind of went and sort of ground, you could feel it hitting sort of sand. And then next thing, you were hauled really roughly to your feet. You're told, you're sworn out a lot and told, right, jump. And you don't know how far you're jumping because so you've got a bag on your head. Kneel down, so knelt down, and then walk around the side of the lake. By now, 
my heart was yes. pounding so hard. I could hardly hear what he's saying. And I'm trying to tell myself, just tell it, just tell it, yes. just tell it. And we uh, went around the corner. He whipped the bag off my head. There's lovely, I say now, this <laughs> lovely SMS man called Billy, mm. who actually is wonderful. But mm. at that moment, he literally looked at me like he could see into my soul and he hated everything he saw. Right. And at that moment, yeah. everything I'd held in for years and years and years and years <gasps> flew out. It was literally like a box that I had put all my past experiences, all, all the things that had happened to me, I'd put it in a box, I'd, I thought, buried it in a garden, put a tree mm. on it and don't look at it anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't realise actually yeah. that it's still there. Yeah, it is. And it was literally at that moment that the bad came up and it was to do with the look in his eyes. He literally looked at me like he hated everything he saw. I, I, I reacted, I reacted physically, I reacted mentally. It was, I was taken back in time. I choked, but it all was all happening so fast. And then he just shouted at us all to turn around and we turned around and a helicopter flew overhead. And we were, like I say, we were at the side of a lake and Ant Middleton climbed out. Now people know Ant Middleton. He's the sort of lead SAS guy. He's mm. black hair, beard, blue eyes. And he climbed out, stood onto the feet thing of the helicopter. Yeah. Worked like this and fell backwards into the lake. And all I could think of was, what? oh my God, they're gonna make us do that. And within seconds, <sighs> they were screaming at us to get into the water, fully submerged, come back out again. And that we found out later that the reason they, they did that was because if we'd have gone up dry and fallen straight in the water, the shock of hitting the cold, you could have passed out. It would have been a much more traumatic experience. <laughs> so we sort of went in one by one, had to run up this hill, get in the helicopter. And again, it's all detailed in the book. My, I couldn't hear what he was saying. I was so scared. All so I shock could was hear just, was that's... my heart, yeah. my breath, see this angry man shouting and that I was useless this sounds absolutely <laughs> terrifying and then did yeah. you have to jump out the helicopter i did yeah we we oh. sort of i jumped in he was shouted something about what i was supposed to do and I, do you understand i just went mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i have no idea what you <laughs> what you said and literally before my bum had even hit the seat it took off like in the movies just sort of took off and all i could think of was i'm gonna fall out before i've even right. done anything I've, and we we got to above the lake Oh my goodness, it must have been 30 meters, 100 feet. Some, it was like the three stories high. It was very, very high. And he just yelled, get out, put your feet on the, the, the little bars, the little of the bars on the bottom mm. of the helicopter. Now, that's hard enough when it's on the ground, but it's in the air. So it's kind of going like this. It's sort of buffeting about. And you're not strapped on, presumably. You've got nothing. So I'm. it's literally like this. My fingernails were hanging onto the seat. There was nothing apart from him holding onto my sweatshirt. He, he may have been strapped. I don't know. I can't remember now. And then I got out, let go. He's holding onto me here. And he said, do you understand? Keep tight. Keep, keep tight. tight. So what I let go, as in keep my body totally rigid, don't go floppy when I fall out. Oh. And then he went, poof, and he pushed and you And I literally <laughs> fell backwards out of a helicopter and landed on my head in this freezing no. cold water oh, in my Chile. God. This is outrageous. It, but it all happened so fast. And I think what's interesting is I think what made me good at it, I, I did the best backwards dive, I'll have you know. Mine was even better than Ants, Billy told me afterwards. I think it's because instinctively, and, and you'll understand this, I'm a very good girl. Mm, I you do as you're told. instantly do as I'm told. I don't question, I don't go, well, that doesn't make any sense. And well, what the hell do you yes. mean? Oh, backwards? Yes. I just go, I'm going okay, home now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> I just did exactly what I was told. And how long did you stay in for? Um, not that long. I was only in for a couple of days. Yeah, but even so. Well, each minute feels yes. like an hour because you don't know when you're going to hold, you know, you're woken up in the middle of the night to you get beasted, which is uh, basically... Or was uh, they cover you in beasts? <laughs> that would have been better because, again, it would have been warmer. <laughs> they just, you have to run outside and they, they get you like in this little uh, courtyard thing and then you have to do press-ups, push-ups, um, mm. crawling on the on the ground you know it was yeah. it was sleeting it was 
it, it was stony, your hands are being cut, your arms are being cut, and the whole time they're screaming at you and you have to hold a rock above your head until someone gives <sighs> up and all this sort of thing. So at it's what intense. point did you say this is you know, enough is enough? Or, or, or were you asked to leave? What, how, how does well, it work? Well, for me, what was interesting was um, there's a there was a few moments where they ask us to do certain things and clearly you're being observed. And uh, I was one of the first people that was called in to have, it's, if you can imagine, it's like this, but not as friendly and nice. So it's okay, like, a, like a little an interrogation. Room. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but I was here and there was two of them sort of sat there. Did they have a spotlight on you? Is it that Pretty sort of classic much, yeah. movie, it's a, it's a movie bit, scene? Yeah. It's, it's very dark. It's You get led in with a bag over your head and you don't really know where you are. Um, so this had, they'd called me in and it was Ant and Ollie. And, and again, I can't stress enough, the guys are wonderful. Mm. You don't think so at the time, but no, actually sure. I realized, in real funny life. enough, in this moment, in this room, they called me in and uh, Ant said to me, you are fragile. Mm. And I didn't know it at that time, but they decided they wanted to just break me and see, <gasps> right, what's causing all this? Why is she so fragile? And the point of it is not just to break you to be mean and leave you lying on the floor. It's actually, once you're broken, you can be put back together again. Of course, you don't know that until afterwards. Okay. Um, so I was in there for a f quite a long time, probably 45 minutes or so, where they pushed and pushed and pushed and they wanted to know what happened. We saw something happen to you. What were you thinking of? Why are you reacting in this way? And I wouldn't mm. tell them. So they, they pushed and pushed and pushed. And in the end, uh, I said, this isn't for broadcast because this is intensely personal. Yes. But I told them. And after that, the whole atmosphere in the room changed and it went from two very intimidating men mm. and one quite small woman um, to actually, they explained to me that what they're doing is they're trying to see what I'm made of. Right. And every time they shout at me, don't feel fear, don't feel, don't have flashbacks, don't go back to that time, mm. get angry and use all the anger that I was too afraid to show before. And they said, we want to see you look like you want to punch our lights out because we'll be really happy with that because then we'll know <laughs> that you're getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. So every time we shout at you, feel rage and use it and let it and let it out it no, sounds I'm, like the most intense therapy session it completely ever. was yeah i mean it was horrific but but it was so funny enough when i got beasted sort of later there was a there was a bit when aunt was screaming at me really screaming at me and i'm quite a gentle soul i don't mm. show rage very much mm. i was like oh I'm crawling through the stuff <laughs> and i could see the look in his eye that he was pleased and again, mm. I am a people pleaser. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, he's really proud of me because I'm getting really angry. So after that, you know, the next few days we had various things to do. I wanted to make them proud of me, mm -hmm. which is a weird Stockholm syndrome kind of reaction yes. to, you yes. know, but I wanted to do the absolute best I could. So you asked how I ended up leaving. Um, one of the things we had to do was we had, we were driven to this place in the mountains where it was like a cliff face and we had to uh, rock climb up to the top and then abseil face first down. Um, uh, by then, we had already done this thing in the morning where we'd ended up in a river. I mean, it was glacial meltwater. That's how cold it was. We'd got changed, but, you know, this is the... Do you have showers? Do you have bathrooms? <laughs> no, there's, there's, there was an outside tap, and that's where you have to rinse your muddy boots off and this sort of thing. So our clothes were damp, we were damp. It was very cold. And uh, I, I got up fine, and I just... I blocked everybody out and just thought, it's just something I've got to do and I just did it and I pulled myself up got to the top but by the time we got to the top I was starting to shake so much I, mm. I mean literally I was shaking that much shake 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 shake, shake, shake. <laughs> and uh, I asked if I could please go down earlier than the others because we all had to wait for each other to get to the top right in that time a storm started to come in so it was sleeting the wind was so cold and I got to the top and you know when that you're you're told to lean into your fear mm. that's exactly what I had to do at this moment because all I could think was I'm really cold I'm shaking so much that the ropes are moving but if I don't do this I can't get down because I can't how are they going to get me down uh, yeah 
There's no yeah. other option other than to just do it. So I just tried to block everything out. And again, I didn't realize I was talking to myself. And when the when they showed me the film afterwards, when I saw it on the telly, all I'm saying out loud is keep going, keep going, really? keep going. And, but the thing is, I said it all the way down, all the way down, all the way down, all the way down, until they were still de-rigging me. And Ollie was laughing, <laughs> like, like you, you, you're here. You yeah, can you stop. Don't need to keep you don't going. need to keep going. You don't need to keep going. And basically, I got to the bottom and I collapsed with hypothermia. And <laughs> oh, no, uh, I got carted love. off in an ambulance and then I was never seen again. No. I, yeah, that, that was my <sighs> end of the road for me. But what's fascinating was the doctor told me um, is it, it was because of the hysterectomy and the mm. menopause. And because I'd had a full hysterectomy, obviously with ovaries removed and, and everything, people think of the menopause as as the sweats. You get very hot. Mm-hmm. It works the other way as well. Basically, oh, you can't regulate your body temperature. Really? Isn't so that he, fascinating? It is. And I'd never heard of that before. He was a wonderful, a wonderful doctor. And he explained to me that um, he recommended, I recommend you just stop now. Because mm. even if they give you a warmer coat, even right. if they try and help you out in some way, yeah. once you get to the point of cold, your body's not like everyone else's, which right. will balance itself. You'll stay cold and then you'll end up back here again. Yeah. So I just went, you know what, I think I'm officially done. So you flew home and yes. sort of recovered from your physical symptoms. Yes. But how Lots were you left then things. emotionally? What happened with the breakdown that you talk so unbelievably lucidly about in your book I think a lot of it was to do with there was a I'm a big believer in the planets aligning everything Mm. happened so horribly for all the right reasons Mm -hmm. Uh, my dog died on the day (laughs) I came down the mountain and I heard it all over the phone Uh. from Chile now anyone who's got a dog will know how much they mean to you and he was this big beautiful labradoodle who had He'd seen me through my divorce. He'd seen me through when I was first on my own with without the kids when they got yeah. you know on every other weekend and this sort of thing. He was my boy. Yeah, and it was very sudden and uh, it was horrific. So I came home and normally, again, anyone who's got a dog knows the whole thing. If you get to yeah, the door, you get and home the and they yeah and greets you and, and you know you you're a yeah. bit irritated. Let me put your bag my bag down. There was total silence. Mm. So I'd had this horrific thing where all these memories came out and mm. I, I had tried to just shut them back in again and I came home and my the, my dog had died and then I went back to work and I personally think what happened I was trying to run the website at the the, mm. the same time which yeah. is really challenging it's yeah, a brand new business me. yes I'm also hosting a live tv show yes that's very yes. challenging yeah. you know we've got teenagers in the house I actually think that everything just all came together at once mm. and what happened was I could I could feel it coming. I just thought I'm I'm not coping. I'm not it's almost that eye twitchy yeah. feeling of I'm not coping with this, but I'm 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 one of life's copers. Mm-hmm. I cope with whatever is yeah, thrown at me. Cope. I'm eldest child, I'm yeah. very sensible, I mm-hmm. I'm not the one who lies on the floor screaming, going, I can't do this anymore. You know, even the fact that I do it in that voice. Mm. I, yes. I'm not one of those <laughs> people i'm actually jealous of those people because actually so how did you stop. feel how did you feel at this time what was happening inside your head overwhelm right. it was a huge feeling of just being over it was all too much mm. and i felt that everything was getting bigger and i was getting smaller mm. and i couldn't i couldn't cope with it normally i can you break problems down into bite-sized chunks. Yeah. You, you look at, you the, you look at the solution, not the yeah. problem. You were, I'm mm-hmm. a very logical person. I couldn't. I became incredibly negative. I can see that now. Mm. Um, I definitely became not just glass half empty. I don't even have a glass. What's the point <laughs> of a glass? It, it was like <laughs> okay. that. But you, you realize again with hindsight that all you're looking for is all the things that are going wrong. And if you look for them, you mm. will find them. Yes, and for so sure I did. Um, and it came to a horrible head. I was so stressed. I was being sick before going into work on Lou Simmon. I was um, I was getting through rather than enjoying it. I love working mm. in live telly. Yeah. Uh, I get a real kick out of it. I've always thought of it as like driving a racing car. Yes. You know, and you're in charge. Yeah. And 
I've always used the analogy. It's like driving a racing car with a sleeping baby in the back. If right. you can arrive and you've Fast, done all these things and you handbrake turn and, yeah. and the baby goes, oh, we're right. Then the audience doesn't know any of the problems that you've dealt yeah. with because you've kept smiling and kept it smooth. And I could feel that I wasn't handling the car as well as, as mm. I could. And it was uh, how it came to a head was... Um, Donna, who is one of our makeup artists, but Donna May. Donna May. I've been featuring you, her yeah, makeup ranges and that. her bags. Love Donna May's yeah. things. Um, uh, and she's one of our product partners on this Girls on oh, Fire. Fantastic. So it's all we we Great. hugely championed Donna. But obviously, I've known Donna for years, and people mm. think, oh, so your makeup artist took you to one side. No, Donna's my friend. Yeah. Donna introduced me to my husband. You know, oh, really? Yeah, she's <laughs> a friend, and yeah. uh, she knocked on my dressing room door. And she said, look, just quickly before you come in to makeup, mm. stop. Whatever it is that you think you're dealing with really well, you're not. And I've been keeping an eye on you and you're mm. going to crack. And just because one person said, yeah. stop, I literally fell on the floor just at that total moment. And yeah. I cried for an hour <gasps> in my room and everything came out and she pieced me back together again, put some powder and lippy on. No. <laughs> did, did my hair. Trundled you off and the trundled, studio. Trundled me off. But I think, you know, 20 odd years of yeah. doing live telly, yeah. you go into autopilot. Yeah, I you did do. it. I still did a great job. No one at home would have known. No. But I got home and just said to Nick, yeah. enough. I can't mm. cope anymore. So who did you re help. reach out to at that point? Uh, again, I asked a, another girlfriend uh, who I knew had had therapy. Mm. Would you recommend your therapist? I'd never had therapy before, but I thought I, I, I need help with this. Mm. I'm I, normally I, I there's a bit I put in the book where I explain that I'm a very sensible, logical, intelligent woman. So if you look up what's wrong with you and you figure out how to fix it, mm -hmm. but I realised actually that's like looking at brain surgery and thinking you can do it in your own head. You. you <laughs> You can't. There are times when you need to go to someone who's a specialist, yeah. especially in in when your brain is just feeling so overwhelmed. So I found a therapist uh, near where I live and Nick and I made the decision that it was really important that he came. Mm. Not for all of the sessions. I went on my own for the first. Uh, well, he, we went jointly for the first one. Then I went for loads on my own and then he joined at the end. And the reason being for that, which got hugely blown out of all proportion by right. the media was it who sort were like, of, oh, marriage breakdown. And, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. It was a total okay. opposite. Um, was because if, if, if you're a team and one of you is going through this hugely life-changing thing, mm. the other one is still carrying on as normal. He doesn't, or she doesn't know that there could be little things that they're doing yeah. that is not good for you yeah. right now. I know, really helpful Tiny to, little to bring words, people in. Little, mm -hmm. So he needed to learn how to, work with me and that's literally all it was best thing we ever did really it was the best thing we ever did and how great. quickly did you begin to feel better um i would say in the first instance it took a couple of weeks um because you're you're still operating on it's it's like when you're driving a car at 100 miles an hour in first gear it's going it, it takes a while for all of that to mm. sort of calm down um, my doctor was a great help. She gave me some, mm. basically they're like beta blockers just to oh, try great. and calm my, yeah. my, my body down. But in terms of the therapy, I'd say it, it probably by the third session, I had started to feel better. So it was once a week. Yeah. And the, the biggest, um, benefit was saying out loud things I'd never said out loud before. Mm. Mm. Um, and not dancing around it, yeah. you know, saying, scourging yeah. out, well, this thing, these, I, I had yeah, issues. I had issues yeah. and I had, I've, you know, and it, it, I have to, I'd have to dance around it now because for legal reasons, I can't mm. identify people sure, and sure, what have I you. I wouldn't ask you But specifics. being able to say out loud mm. things that I had happened to me yeah. and not have someone go, well, yeah, and dismiss it. Yeah, to have someone listen, dig a little bit deeper, and then put a name mm, to what mm. it was. First of all, it was horrifying because your instinct is to go, "Oh, no, that's not me." And then when yeah. we dug deeper, absolutely, it, it is. And I hate using the word victim because 
I don't see myself as a as a yeah. victim, but I was. Mm. And you know, but people bandy about. No, I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. I do see that as well. Yes, now, you can be both. Uh, yeah. yeah, and she helped me recognize that it was it was wrong. Mm. That, and that wasn't my fault. No. And no matter what this other person said, as in, well, I wouldn't do that if you didn't do this. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. didn't make me angry, then I wouldn't. Yeah. And I, I think oh, that's just classic manipulative yes. behavior, coercive yeah. behavior. So to be able to have someone look me in the eye with, with empathy and support, recognize mm. it and say, you're actually amazing because <laughs> look how far you've come without yeah. any help at all. So let's unpack it. Let's understand where you are now, why you've ended up that it all became too much. And I know why it became too much. It's because the box blew open. Yes. Do you know, it's so interesting you talk about boxes and unpacking. And I remember um, interviewing a psychiatrist not that long ago. And his point was basically we all have stuff yes. to a lesser or greater extent. Yes. And if you have a trauma, unless you really take it out and examine it and... Mm. And, you know, call it by its name and, and literally vocalize it. You pack it away and there is this, he, he called it a box or a trunk in the back of your brain. Yes. It's like in a little room in the furthest spot and it sits in there and it's all covered up and the box is locked and it's all nicely safely tucked away and nobody's going to get at it and you don't ever need to think about it because it's yeah. all safely squirreled away. But one day, as you experienced, that box is very likely to break open. And he told me this awful story about this guy who'd been very badly abused as a child. And uh, and it had been locked away in his box. And uh, when he was 50, he committed suicide. And he, mm. his twin brother found his diaries and read through them. And it was all about how he had never come to terms That's and told so anybody sad. about the trauma and... And he'd said, you know, if only, and, and he, this psychiatrist, was actually seeing the twin brother <laughs> because yeah, he's like, you yeah. know, I don't want the same thing to happen to me and I need to understand my brother's feelings and I also have, you know, bad stuff that happened to me as well. You know, mm. how can we get it out there? It's so important, isn't it, to recognise stuff is. and not keep your box locked away in the back of your head. I mean, I I've, I come from a family and a generation where you, you tuck things away. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. You get over it. Oh, come on. Yeah. Worst things have happened. Yeah. What's the matter with you? Pull yourself together. <laughs> you know, and what do you want to talk about that for? Yes. It's yeah, it's done. all old history. It's done. Ancient history. Yes. Yeah. And... And it's painful, too, to have to revisit it. Yeah. And, I, yeah, you don't want to look at no. it any anymore. No. Um, and I didn't expect to. It, it happened... But again, I see now that actually I was being led to go and do SAS, to have this horrible experience happen to yeah. me for the greater good. And I'm mm. so glad it I'm so glad yeah. it happened. I mean it was so, terrible, but I'm glad not the SAS, that no, was fine. The after the whole experience, mm. but you came through it and stronger yeah, and are yeah. now sharing it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And is that really the, the whole premise of This Girl is on Fire and the website and the book is about empowering, passing on those kind of skills? Yeah, 100%. And um, it's how the book actually came about was really funny because... I have to, again, tiptoe around this to not incriminate anybody. But there was a person who they were moaning. They were moaning and moaning and moaning about how terrible their life was. And I remember I had to mm -hmm. leave the room mm -hmm. because I thought, you have nothing to moan about. The thing you're moaning about is so mm -hmm. little. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing you moaned about last year and the mm -hmm. year before. And you've done nothing about it. Yes. This is so, sounding surprisingly familiar. Unless, <laughs> without wanting to overshare. And, unless, unless you're going to do something about it, yeah. sharp. <laughs> In a nutshell. Yeah. And the first line of the book, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here, but the very first line of the book mm. is what I wrote. I went, I literally went upstairs and I carry a notebook everywhere that I go. I mm. opened my notebook, I sat on the floor and I just wrote, shit happens yes i read that line get over it <laughs> yes you need to get over yeah. it but it's, it's a bit like the first line in the road less traveled you know uh, is it scott f peck or f scott peck who said his first line is life is difficult you know yeah. life is difficult and you know you're right you know shit happens it and does. we do have to deal with it and we all have our different things mm. and some are great there are people who've had way worse things happen than me i don't have ownership on difficult things of mm. course not all of us have our difficult things but if you do nothing, nothing changes. So you right. need to find a way to overcome it. And the, as I say in the very, very start of the book, if you're if you're happy rolling around in it, mm. brilliant. Okay, that's that's totally <laughs> fine. But own it, and okay. don't pretend that you want something to change and that you're asking for advice. You're not. Actually, all you're doing is just saying lots of stuff out loud. And you're going to go back home and not make any changes to your life. So yeah. own the fact that you're rolling around in all your misery and you're quite happy there. Yes. Brilliant. Or Own it change. and do mm. something. And they can be tiny, tiny, tiny What are the little steps. strategies that you talk about? What would be your first sort of points of advice? Well, again, I think because we all have our different things and people think, well, th either this problem is too big for me to handle on my own or it's too small, so therefore there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. I was talking about this with my... 13 year old just this week we went for this really long walk and she's got her own things that she's that she's dealing with mm. and I said if you th this is a story that I I retell in the book but I'd heard it at a uh, it was a Tony Robbins event that I mm. that I went to and it's a story about the pole and basically this man came on the stage he told the story about um he's driving with his mother and long straight road her mother his mother's driving and an animal runs out in the road and she has to swerve and she swerves off to the side. There's no other cars on the road and she's heading straight for a telephone pole, telegraph <sighs> pole. And he's shouting, watch the pole, watch the pole. What are yes. you what are you doing? And she's yeah. just fixated, fixated. And she's driving <sighs> straight towards the pole. And there's this huge expanse of space either side. But she's right. going she's straight just for, this pole. for the pole. And so he wrenches the wheel. They go to the side, go into a field. They're fine. A little bit shaken up yeah and he says why are you heading for the pole and he said she said it was all i could hear watch the pole and it was all i could see right that's what we do with our problems yes is you head look at the space either side we look at the problem we don't look <laughs> mm -hmm. at the huge space either yeah. side that is the solution so I, I was saying this to my daughter the other day you know you might think of 13 year old's problems mm. what has she got to worry about compared to oh no they're, else? They, they're life changing relative. focus on the solution not the problem. And then what you'll find is your your body will react positively because mm. you're doing something about it. Yeah. So what can you do about it? Tiny, tiny things. Big believer in lists. Write yes. lots of pros and cons. Yes. And work towards the pros. That simple. Yeah. What do I not like about this? What would I like to change? What could I do to make that change? Do those things. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And you talk about the brain being a gossip. Oh, yes. <laughs> Your brain is such a mean girl and such a <laughs> gossip. It will whisper in your 
in your head while you're shampooing your hair. It's always at that moment where you're like, yeah. you know, she doesn't really like you. You yeah. know that yeah, the and you're day actually when a bit you rubbish. went in, and I don't yeah. know why do you think you can do this? You're terrible mm. at that. Mm. You're going to turn up at this thing, and everyone's going to hate you. Yeah. And by the time you get out of the shower, you're miserable. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, actually, they're right. Maybe I should just cancel the whole thing. And yeah, I you're think so right. Our, our brain you. is is a mean girl. Very yes. often. Very few times, I think maybe unless you're an amazing narcissist, does your brain actually say, oh, my goodness, you're so wonderful. Aren't you fabulous? Didn't you do well? <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, it's Never. so critical. <laughs> so, again, one of the things that I've learned is, you know, what what would you say to someone who was talking like that? For me, I would excuse myself and just walk out the room, yeah, probably I, get my I, notebook I, out and write stuff down. I just need to go now. <laughs> I just need to go now. Or, because it's your own self, you just say, do you know I don't want to talk about that anymore? Mm. I don't want to talk about I don't mm. want to talk about that anymore. Mm. And your brain, like a recalcitrant toddler, will go up and find someone else to poke. Someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you. Do you yeah. give yourself positive affirmations? Do you find that helpful? I mean, I've heard that saying things out loud, talking to yourself as if yeah. you're your best friend. So saying, actually, Liz, you know, you didn't do that bad a job. It was okay. And, yeah. you know, cut yourself some slack because I know you're trying really hard. Yeah. And if you say those things out loud, apparently our brain hears it in a totally different way than if you just think it. That's, uh, I don't know if I do it out loud, but I do. It seems really odd and you just that. feel like a total Yeah, I should do. I've weirdo. started driving everywhere on my own now, obviously, mm, you because talk of to current situation. In the car. So, uh, yeah, I do. I tend to moan a lot more in the car. <laughs> I kind of vent them by the time I get home. I've sort of got it all out of my system. But what I do say to myself is, what you did the little bit you said there which is cut yourself some slack i did the best i could with what i was given mm. and today i did the best i could with what i was given in terms yeah. of my energy levels my concentration levels mm. the you know how prepared i felt i did the best i could yeah and okay maybe tomorrow i could have knocked it out the park and done much better but yesterday i could have been terrible and today i did the very best that i could yeah. and that's all i can ever ask of myself mm. and i find that because I'm a perfectionist as well, and I, I'm a classic breakdown person, as in hold everything <laughs> in, try and get everything right, people yes. please every, everybody else. And if I don't, like for example, when I'm working on live TV, I get such a kick out of hitting all my counts, yes. bang on. I don't know what it is, but I literally kind yeah. of go high five to, my, to me when I come out, bang <laughs> on zero, yeah. or when I do whatever. Yeah. And if there's moments where something's overrun and all cue spinning and I'm having to just paraphrase and get to the end and I still get out on zero I beat myself up because I think oh, I didn't mm. leave enough time for that end link you know and I'll go home beating yes. myself up whereas at home no one will have noticed anything no. we didn't I didn't crash the fast car with the baby asleep it yes. was all fine and I've learned now to go do you know you did the best you could with what you were given yeah it was a tricky guest who wouldn't yeah be quiet wouldn't or it was a conversation yeah. that, or whatever that, that or had I to go somewhere else here yeah. it was open talk back yeah. there's a lot going on I did the best I could. Yeah. That's really helped. What about things, the, the physicality of it? You talk about power posing. That's really fascinating, isn't yes. it? How we sit and stand. Yes. Do you channel any of that, you know, either at work or at home? Yes. And obviously Amy Cuddy did that infamous TED Talk and then she, she wrote her book about uh, power posing and how we've all been, it's been drummed into us that you, you know, fake it till you make it. Actually, you can fake it till you become it. Right, uh, which is a very like different that. a different thing. And I first heard about this. We were, I was around at a friend's house and she was talking to uh, another girlfriend. She said, uh, oh, I had a job interview today and I stood in the um, I stood in the ladies lose and I stood like that. And I was so you've got your what, like, like your arms yeah, up? Yeah, like an for big those X. Who, for those who can't see. Yeah. Okay, like an X, like a big literally X, like a big like X. A big X, taking up as much space as possible. Like a guy would do, maybe. Well, do you know, men do the equivalent where they stand with their hands on their hips. So they become bigger, they become wider. And they wider. take up more space. Interesting. And they stand up straighter. If you yeah. notice, a lot of men stand with their hands on their hips and they jangle their change in their pocket and they kind of rock from side to side yeah. and do all that. They're posturing, they're taking up a lot of space. They don't even mm. know that they're doing it. Whereas women, we tend to sit very neatly, cross-legged. Yeah, we're making ourselves much smaller. And we smaller. make ourselves very small, very yeah. neat. We don't take up a lot of space. So... I, I mean, I think each to their own. I'm not going to stand like mm. a big X in front of everybody or with my hands <laughs> on my hips. But what I do do 
is I stand up straighter and I hold my tummy in. Mm. And it's got nothing to, it's not a vanity thing. It's not mm. so that I'll, it's so that I feel stronger. I'm sitting in up my, straighter as we, as we speak. Well, I'm literally <laughs> sitting here with flip flops on. And, uh, you know, I kind of power pose today from the, from the waist up. Actually heels do do that, don't they? A pair of yes. heels for a woman can totally transform how you feel you do feel that you're making that power statement because you have to you know to keep your balance you have to have your back straight and your shoulders back yes and i i also think as well um how you dress yeah and and how you dress is is not necessarily a vanity thing it's a confidence thing it's taken Mm. me a long time to get my head around that like today um if you can't see this i've got a nice dress on i've done my makeup i've got i've got my clip in hair I Have carry you? Is that not a, all yours? No, I've got this little Very good. little strip of, you can get them anywhere, um, of <laughs> clipping hair. And all it does is just, it's the same length as my own hair and it just makes it a little bit thicker. That is fantastic. Isn't it great? Oh my goodness, I'm going to be having a massively close inspection oh, I'll, when I'll we finish. Oh, I'll whip it out at Will the you? end. I'll, okay, I'll take brilliant. it out and I'll show you. Um, but otherwise I won't get back in again. But I'm really open about the fact that yes. I do this because yeah. to me it's the equivalent of putting on a pair of high heels. Yeah. I have quite fine babyish hair it's totally okay but I like it to look bigger so I do this I put some makeup on Mm. I wear a nice dress and I feel like I'm present and I'm I'm turning up for you with Mm. respect Mm. as my best self if I turned up and I you know I was in my pajamas this morning I meditated in the garden in my pajamas I could have just (laughs) turned up like that yeah it would have been very disrespectful but also I wouldn't feel that I was in control of myself Mm. I'm not giving so think about how you're dressing not Mm -hmm. for what you necessarily even want other people to think of you, but just how you feel about yourself. How it makes you feel. I Mm. think that's that's really interesting. And actually talking about those kind of power poses, I did also read that how you stand uh, can affect your hormone levels. So if you stand like Wonder Woman with your hands on your hips and you stand up and you do it for 10 minutes, that raises our testosterone. I can see why that would be. So you can kind of channel that and... Actually, thinking about testosterone, last time we were here, you were talking about HRT and obviously with your hysterectomy and your hormone journey. How is that all going? Good, actually. Yeah, I've totally found my balance. Have you? I've found. uh, Do you add in the testosterone? Every now and again. Yeah, I find a little bit now and then is helpful. I get spots if I have too many, too much. It's a little pump. And I literally just do just a little bit every couple of weeks. It's not Mm. even every week or every day or anything like that. And I find that. I have to get the balance right of like, you know, your your jawline is where you your hormonal spots yeah. come. I get spots there. Yeah. But no, I feel great. I feel but really it's, good. It's always such a balance, isn't it? And I think that's what makes it so difficult for a lot of women is that they are prescribed maybe just a simple patch or something by the GP, you know, yeah. if they're lucky enough to get that, as we know. And it may not be the right amount or it may be too yeah. little or too much. Which is why it's and... good to have all the different things yeah. separately. Yes, I think so, so too. So you can raise a bit here you know mm. think of it as like a volume if you have a an amazing like a mixer sound decks. desk yeah a mixer desk you can mix mm. it to get the perfect sound or mm. just crank it up and it doesn't always sound good so no. mix and match it a little bit but i'm certainly going to be taking mine forever and i know that yes and i know remember we, when we talked last time i think you were saying that you had men who would come up to you in the street and thank you for talking about menopause and yes. the work that you were doing because it had I still you know, do. really transformed yeah. their wives or their partners lives Absolutely. and therefore helped yeah. them you know and everybody was just happier and i, I you know it's it happened again recently where uh, for whatever reason i ended up being asked about the menopause and uh i, I this tsunami of response through yes, social absolutely. media is obviously the easiest way for people to get in touch and you still can't believe that people are getting still. mixed messages and mixed information yeah. and so you know i i direct them to lovely uh louise newson, louise newson yeah, and yeah, there's sure. so many people and tina pierce who i work yes. with she's the one who helped me there is advice out there that is sensible yeah. and straightforward. It doesn't have to be complicated. And John Studd was the one who, because yes. Tina worked with him, yes. and I saw John Studd years ago. You, it, you, we just need to keep banging the drum. Oh my goodness! Know? And I think we will because once you find it and you find things that work and you see the injustice, and you know you're like me, is that having had that journalistic background, when you see things that aren't right, particularly for midlife women, mm. I think that's that's our bag, isn't it? It's we've yes. all in in our different ways been through different experiences, different life experiences. Hopefully, popped out the other side stronger and wiser, yeah. and just want to share. And you know that was the obviously the the. Confessions of a Menopausal Woman mm. was literally came about through wanting to help. 
So I thought, well, people clearly need information, so I'm going to get it and give it to them. And then my latest one, you know, This Girl's on Fire, was I've been through this horrible experience and I didn't get out of it on my own. Actually, I met some incredible people. Here's all Mm. their advice. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just paying it forward. And already I'm trying to think, well, Mm. what else can I help with? Yes. And actually, I'm really loving this whole change of mindset, which isn't just let's wallow in a problem and roll around in it, as we we say. And uh, I'm going to write a book about how terrible everything is. It's the opposite of that. This is this is what I did. I'm not an expert by any any stretch. This is just my experience. This was the advice that worked for me. These are the people that gave it to me. Mm. Have a crack at it yourself and hopefully it helps. Brilliant. Honestly, it's such a joy to have you back here. Thank you. Thank you. I like we've done with the place. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I think your book is just going to fly because it's going to talk to so many and be so helpful. Thank so, you. And you don't need to fall out of a helicopter to well, read Well, I'm mightily pleased to hear that because there is no way, as somebody with acute vertigo, um, that you would get me anywhere near anything like that. You're not going to sign up. Hats off to you. Not no. in this life, no. <laughs> You can take that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I'm not recruiting. It's fine. <laughs> it's lovely to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And that is it for today's episode. Now, as always, you will find all the links and the resources that we mentioned on today's show over on the website, which is lazarewellbeing.com. And there you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. It is, as always, jam-packed with well-being wisdom and behind-the-scenes treats. And huge thanks to all of you who have left us such lovely reviews and star ratings. You know, it really does help others to find the show. And we are so grateful. So until the next time, go well. Bye-bye. Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earle, with production by Amaryllis Earle and Harry Trevithick at Heart Dialogue, with thanks to my producer, Ellie Smith, and guest booker, Millie de la Morinière. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.